0: I might not say directly, but my whole goal with like being an entrepreneur where I'm at isn't necessarily just for me, it's for people around me to influence them to be better for themselves.
1: How's it going guys and welcome to another episode of Secrets to Silent Success. Today we have the one and only Dennis Onalacha. How are you you. doing this morning?
0: Good, good man. Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you were known as the iPhone doctor, if you will. So tell me kind of where that name came from, how did you get into fixing phones, things like that.
0: Yeah, so uh, growing up, you know, my mom gave me an allowance uh, and it was like $20 every two weeks. And so with $20. You can only do so much, and so typically by the end of the first two days, me getting the twenty dollars, it was gone. Yeah. Um, so I needed a way to like actually make money, and my parents never let me work growing up. Uh, it was it was kind of weird. They wanted me to just focus on studies. Sure. You know, and so I wasn't too fond of that. Yeah. So you know, fast forward, I kept breaking my phone. Uh, I finally got a phone. I kept breaking it, and so I would have to wait like almost four months or two months or three sure. months yeah. and so my phone was broken and I was like there's gotta be some way to fix this and I was like the guy the guy that fixes my phone at the shop that I go to all the time mm-hmm. he charges me what $80 and I was like he has a business there's gotta be some margin there like there's gotta be some reason for him to fix my phone like there's no way he's yeah. not fixing it you know for free he's yeah. fixing yeah. it for free or anything like that because I mean I was younger I was like probably like 15, 16 at this time And so I was like, well, where can he get these parts from? Because maybe I could just do it myself.
1: Let me ask you this. So, I mean, you talk about being a very young individual thinking entrepreneurially, right? You're 15, 16. You're like, hey, there's margins in this guy's repair budget. Where did that mindset come from? And then what gave you the courage to take the initiative to be like, hey, I'm going to do this myself?
0: Well, it wasn't even necessarily the fact that it had margins or making a profit. It was a matter of getting my phone fixed at the cheapest cost price possible. Yep. And so me being like the big mouth that I was back then, I started telling everyone that I actually fixed phones.
1: Okay.
0: Even though I hadn't actually fixed the phone yet. And so one day this girl, she came to me and she's like, I broke my phone. I heard you fix phones. Like, help me out. My parents are going to kill me. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, I can do it, I can do it. Uh, <laughs> watch a quick YouTube video to YouTube the side. Like, yeah. Yeah, and so I was like, yeah, I can do it. And then she's like, how much is it gonna cost? And I was like, let me get back to you. I gotta check the price. And so I like checked the cost for the screen, and all I did was like charge her $3 more than the screen actually cost, just in case I came across any extra charges or something that I didn't really realize. Yep. And so I told her, I was like, oh yeah, it's like $30. And she's like, Okay, like I'll do it. When, when can I do it? And I was like, people have money like this? Like, that's crazy. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the $30 from her, I put it into my bank account, and then I bought the screen. Okay. And she, she gave it to me up front. And so, when she did that, <clears throat> I said, like, wait a week, it would come in, and then I can fix your phone. She's like, okay, cool. So I did it, I got her phone, and I started fixing her phone
1: talk to me about the, the rest is history, right? Yeah. So you're talking about through high school, into college, you're now you a know, business, fixing yeah. phones. What's your, what's your mindset? Why, why are you wanting to go you know, be an entrepreneur, start a business while most people just focus on studies?
0: Yeah, so I mean, like, I was never able to get a job. So when I realized that people needed this service, quickly off the bat, as soon as she came up to me, yeah. I was like, all right, can I can do something here, but I need to get better. So what happened as soon, as I started to do more and more repairs, I got more credibility. Uh, people were telling other people, yeah, he fixed phones, yeah, he did my phone, yeah, he does a good job, and I could start to increase my my um, margin, yep, my yep. profit margin, because no matter what, since I didn't have the overhead of a traditional store, yep. I was able to outprice everybody, and then being in a high school student, you don't have large amounts of capital, I mean, you they would get it from their parents, mm-hmm. but or the work, but either then, it's not nearly as much as People have, like, you know, outside of college and grow adults. Sure. And so I was the cheapest price, yep. but I was r- around my target market, my ideal target market. And so over that, I realized how important it was to do good business yep. very quickly and then have people vouch for you. Yep. And so I accumulated that skill. Yeah. I was like, okay, <laughs> good business, all right, people vouch. Um, and then what happened was I was like, all right, I need to get more clients outside of my school because yep. right, right then and there, I was getting all my clients from my class and mm-hmm. like people that just went to my high school sure, in sure. Coppell. And so what I did was I, I was like, okay, so why are people coming to me? And I was like, because of my pricing. So like, let me give the people what they want. Yeah, and yeah. So what I did was I went on Snapchat, and I, well, I went in my notes on my phone and I listed the price for every single iPhone. Uh-huh. and I, for each screen repair and battery repair and everything and I got that screenshot and I put it on my story yep and I created an offer and my yeah. offer was screenshot and repost this on your story for ten dollars off Wow. and sometimes I inflated the price sometimes when sure. I first started I, I <laughs> yeah. you know, gave the price or whatever yeah. and I actually just took a ten dollar decrease yeah but my margins weren't that high then and so I posted that and like instantly, it just like went crazy because what I was doing on that platform wasn't anything that I personally had seen before. Yep. And I'd seen like one time before, but I knew a lot of people weren't actually doing it at the time. Sure. I am limited to who I know.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And so when I realized that, I was like, I don't know everybody that the other person knows. Sure, sure. And so no matter who it is, they all, everyone has some type of, you know, worth, value, yep. and yep. like anyone can bring really anything to the table. Yep. And in this aspect, like it could be more clients.
1: Where did this knowledge come from? Did she read this in the book? Was this simply just experiential knowledge? Was it trial and error? I mean, you're talking about doing market research, getting, like you're talking about the reputation for your business, getting testimonials, getting referrals. These are like, you know, high level business concepts. What did you learn as a high school student?
0: Yeah, so literally everything was just like, it was, it was really trial and error and experience. It was sure. just like, what made sense? Okay. Okay, I understand this. How do people perceive me? How do people perceive me whenever How do I, you just sit there. I literally would just sit there Mm -hmm. like quiet and just think, I was like, how can I get more clients? How can I figure this out? What's the best course of action? What do people see? What do I provide? How can I get people to take action? And then I just kind of developed this. And like, I remember one of the most transformable parts of my, you know, my branding of becoming the iPhone doctor was I was in my dining room. And I remember I went to a party and I was like, you know, my name is Dennis. They were like, "Okay, like, cool, cool, cool." And then they were like, "Oh, you're the phone fixing dude." <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." And then I will come across, I would come across people that would have broken phones yep. that I knew personally. Like, I had like years, three years, like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: of like experience with like just like you know talking and being friends with, and they would have a broken phone. And like, yeah, I just got my phone fixed yesterday. I was like, dude. I fix phones and then yeah, like, yeah. oh for god I didn't I didn't remember yeah. and I was like all right no one remembers Dennis
1: yeah. <laughs> and I was like
0: I was like this is crazy no one remembers Dennis no matter how many times I tell him no matter how many times yeah. I post on my story it's just not working I don't know why maybe it's because it's just a name and people are just like it's just a name you yeah. know what I mean like yeah. I remember I was pacing myself in my dining room and I was just on my phone and I had just came back from a party and I was like, dude, how do I get people to remember me? And I was like, let me think, let me think. All right, so like Apple's Apple, Best Buy's Best Buy, Walmart's Walmart. And I was like, okay, what's something that's catchy that can deal with iPhones? And I paced back and forth and I was like, I was like, ah, McLovin. McLovin's like catchy. Yeah. And I changed Versace and McLo- McLovin. And then I like thought for a second, I was like, no, that's, that's dumb, that's super bad. That's yeah. like a movie. And I was like pacing back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I was like, iPhone doctor. And I was like, Dennis the iPhone doctor. Yeah. And I was like, I said it a couple of times, said it a couple of times. It started to like really like rhyme and like kind of make sense. And I yeah, was like, boom, that's it. And I just like changed my Snapchat name to Dennis the iPhone doctor. Yeah. And like that was the beginning of a brand. Yep. And I didn't even really realize it. But whenever I did that, and then I started to like, put that in my screenshots, yep. it caught on. And at that point, it started building brand awareness yep. because it wasn't just Dennis, it was Dennis the iPhone doctor. I'm fixing phones, like during school, I'm fixing three to five phones a day. And I increase my margins, I'm driving during lunch. Yep. so like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> Roulette and back to like wow. buy a phone. And like during those occasions, I met someone that knew the in, was in the industry was sure. in the industry. And I didn't even realize that there's people like him in the industry that like flip phones for a living and yep. cell phones and stuff like that. And I was buying my first batch of phones ever.
1: Okay.
0: I had never bought phones online before. Yep. And this was like my first time. So like when I met the guy, he's like, I met him at a Starbucks, I remember, and he had like a Mercedes-Benz. He's like, this is an eighty-five thousand dollar car. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You know, I got it all off iPhones and stuff like that. Wow. And I'm like, there's no way there's that much money in it. He's like, dude, yeah, look, I'll show you exactly how. Yeah. And then he like showed me and very quickly, like as soon as he gave me that idea, I was running with it and yeah. I like formulated a plan. I was just same screenshot, you know, I buy phones, mm-hmm. I'll cash you out. And so what I started to do is I started to reinvest the money that I was making from phones yep. into buying phones. Gotcha. And, and, and then inventory. exactly, and yep. then selling them. Gotcha. He 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 showed me the value of knowledge because he's like, yo. So like this art, this skill, like this guy would charge twenty thousand dollars for this. Yep. Different things like that. Um And then I just really started to understand the value of what I was doing. Yep. And he taught to- he told me uh, something about the art of negotiation and negotiating with people. Yeah. Parts of business that I didn't even realize. Yeah. Things that. I realized and how to really perceive yourself whenever you do talk to someone, you know what to pay attention to. Yeah, you know, pay attention to the body language, the way they say things, sure, sure. and then like how to disarm an individual. Yep. and so all those things he taught me.
1: But to switch gears a little bit, to uh, Contractors Creative mm-hmm. now, a new uh, initiative that you're launching where you're doing lead generation and things like that for contractors. Talk to me a little bit about, to the audience, what lead generation even is, the importance of it and what you guys are doing with Contractors Creative.
0: Yeah, so lead generation is probably the most important part of the business. It's uh, what I was doing back then, and it's what I'm doing now still. Sure. And so basically generating leads or of buyers that are interested in whatever service that you are providing. True, true. And this is just another way to do it with money behind it. And yeah. then you're dealing with the psychology of buyers that are shift changing every single month. And so what happens is you know, you're bringing more revenue to your business yep. or bringing more leads to your business so you can predict your revenue. Yep. You, know, you can say I, bring, I get 10 leads to my business and I close at a 30% rate. Mm-hmm. That means every 10 leads, you know, I get three Customers. Okay, yep. sweet. Does that make sense for my business? Where are my profit margins at in terms of the ad spend and the management fees? Yep. And uh, what does that look like? How much do I make per deal? Yep. And then so like we provide the service to, contractors Creative focuses mainly on like the home service industry, Sure. Uh, roofers, solar, solar, landscape, HVAC, all of that. Yep. And we say, okay, here's our management fee, here's our ad spend. And then we begin to generate the leads for their business. And then they'd be able to close deals because these are highly interested and in exclusive, you know, buyer, oh. uh, you know, homeowners or yep. people that do neither services. And so, as long as they have a trustworthy business, a credible business, they're going to be able to close, close deals. To yeah, yeah. And so, uh, now we you know, operate at scale. Um, everything always stems back from high school in my early days of how to, how to build a business. Yep. It, it isn't really rocket science. It's more of, like, experience and, like, just a way of thinking about
1: things. Mm-hmm. So you talked about building a business in Rockinsides, sides, which yeah. I agree with, right? It takes some experience, and then you talked about having a certain mindset behind it. What do you think that mindset came from? Are your, your parents entrepreneurs? Like, where did that come from?
0: Yeah, no, definitely my parents um, and then just, like, experience in high school. I think everything stems from high school. Yep. My parents were not necessarily the most traditional parents. Like, it was really weird, so like my dad was like very stern and stuff, and my mom was like really cool, okay. but they were both very wise okay. um wise in their own ways, sure. somewhere it was like a lot more of tough love for my dad, and then like my mom was just more like all right put my put my feelings in consideration, but then also it's like the hard truth mm-hmm. um but then it's like more i think my I felt like my dad's ways were a little bit like you know. Older like outdated my mom's <laughs> my mom's like wasn't was a little bit more like relevant in the time Yeah, and for what I was experiencing as a kid, you know growing up Sure, and so like there were a couple of things that like my mom told me when I was younger Such as like the only way you're gonna make be able to make the money you want to make is by owning your own business and that that honestly stuck with me
1: yeah
0: even then and then my dad had told me tells me different things like you know, if you spend all your money, you're not gonna have any more money left. Yeah, different things like that. Even though I didn't even have any money, but it was just like the fact that I had to penny pinch twenty dollars mm-hmm. to be able to do anything. Sure. Um, and then I had a, I had not working and not being able to work, and being a kid growing up in that environment, uh, in high school with social media and everything, like I had to want to do things, but I wanted to do the right thing also. I didn't want to get in any illegal activity like sure, I didn't sure, want to do anything sure. like that so I was like I have to find a way there's got to be a way and then they kind of just like pushed me drove me to like figure out a way yeah um, even when I was held back believe it or not like my dad actually like kind of banned me from fixing phones okay <laughs> yeah uh, it was kind of crazy during the school week at least because yeah. you know they fucking, but I was still fixing phones I would go to the rec center if yeah. I had to yeah, yeah or yeah. doing a lunch because I got in trouble fixing phones at school so then I had to find a way around it, which was like a roadblock, Mm -hmm. but then I found a way around it, and then I graduated and ended up getting to a good school, so then all was good.
1: It sounds like that high school time was really a a training ground, if you will, for what was to come, right? Exactly. So I know you got the Contractors Creative, you also got the Social Circle, Mm -hmm. where you're doing web design and things like that. I think it was, hey, you help increase uh, revenue by 70%. for Some of the clients, talk to me about that, because that's just a crazy number to think about.
0: Yeah, so, I didn't even talk about this. So in high school, I got brought on to this other company that a couple of my other friends started, and yeah. one of my really good business partners to this day, Justin, started. And so basically, what happens is it was a peer-to-peer tutoring platform that we created. And basically, what we do is we take this top of the, the students that were at the top of their class mm-hmm. uh, in high school, and we basically found students that needed help with the curriculum, brought them together, and then they would tutor them. And yeah. these tutors would make 17 seventeen to twenty dollars per hour. Sure. And I think we would charge like twenty five, thirty dollars. And so, you know, we keep our margin. So at this point, it was about getting acquiring more clients and acquiring more tutors. Yep. And then then next step was scaling it out across yep. different cities. And so like I brought on got brought on because this is when I started to really understand my value. Mm-hmm. So I got so doing the marketing and then, you know, Going to different schools to, you know, fix phones. I accumulated this like network, uh-huh. in a sense of like students, um, in like 14 different cities. I was fixing phones in 14 different cities wow. uh, across, you know, North Texas. And so, all that was there, and I had created created some great relationships with people. Sure, some people sure. I'm, you know, still really good friends with today. Yeah. And so, basically, what happens is. I realized with the Easy Tutor, I was creating an opportunity for a lot of kids to not, not. I wasn't the only one making money. Yeah. I could create an opportunity for someone else to make money.
1: Yeah, other students. The, the yeah, other tutors, students to make sure. money.
0: And so they brought me on, and I then found other tutors in different schools and prepared it ready for launch to scale. But by the time that we like left college, left high school, we actually sold the company. Okay. Wow. And so we sold the company and <clears throat> Um, then with Justin, Justin, he was a little bit older. He was a couple of years older already. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually had dropped out of college. He then used that money and bought a media agency in California. Okay. It was called Gray Lake Media. And then actually flew me out and made me a partner, wow. uh, just based off of like every, all the experience that I had doing different things while high school mm-hmm. and made me a partner and like showed me the business on, you know how to get results for clients, web design, yep. social media marketing, different things like that. And so I was going out there like once a month during college and like just like soaking in all the knowledge, doing yeah. trainings, different things like that. Yeah.
1: Um, Let me ask you this. How do you find time for college? In, in the midst of you're talking about partnering with a business you, well you're talking about starting your own business becoming a partner in a business selling that business your your partner buying another business becoming a partner in that business all of this is before probably the age of 20 right 20 21 how do you find time for college and and not how not only how do you find time for college why do you find time for college because you said like your friend he dropped out yeah so talk to me a little bit about those how and why
0: yeah, so <laughs> that's actually the question I get like 20 times yeah. a day. We don't have to show your parents
1: <laughs> this if they're if they.
0: <laughs> I mean, she already knows. I'm pretty straight up honest. I got nothing to lose at this point. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. what I did was, so it was really cool. It so, like first semester I took a full course load. Yeah. It was like, okay, but it was kind of tough because I was traveling and doing different things like that. But then I really understood how to like manage my time a little bit better mm-hmm. so I could like get things done. Um, but then what I did was like, I was like, this is students workload. So I started taking six to nine hours a semester. Mm-hmm. And so what I did was, I'd only have classes like Monday through Wednesday.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I was waiting for a couple of hours, you know, you study after or whatever. And then I realized my time is done after that. And then I was able to focus on like growing the business, going wherever I need to go, and like, you know, just doing my thing. Yeah. And so then I found that kind of like balance I granted took a semester or two off, but came <laughs> yeah, back. Sure, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Came back, and then I just I just like realized like during that I just like, I was like, yeah, I don't want in college, but my mom really wanted me to go to college, and like sure. that's like pretty much her dream, like for me to go to college. Yeah. I know my dad, like that's why you know they work so hard.
1: Sure.
0: So like I could go to college, and so I was like, you know what, like I like to quit, so I was like, you know, I might as well just power it through yeah. and. It's, I explained to my mom that like I'm gonna finish college.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I told her it was like it's not really because I necessarily want to, but yeah. it's more for you. And yeah. like maybe that's not the right b- way to go about it. But yeah. I was just being completely honest with her sure. because I was like I have something here that I know I can build out yeah. and be successful with. Um, but I know that your dream is probably always for me to go to college, and mm-hmm. like the college that I'm going to was my dream college sure. from when I was little, and so. I was like, yeah, I'm going to finish it out. Like, so that's the only reason why. And it, it, it's not too big of an inconvenience. It's actually really cool because before going to college, I was just in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And so then when I had to move to Austin for college, it really took me out of my comfort zone.
1: Sure.
0: And I learned lessons there too. Gotcha. Yep. So one thing I really I realized is being calm and not forcing things. Mm-hmm. So this is one of those periods. I, you know, I'm going to college. I got into college somehow. I got into college, yeah. and so I, you know, I, I got put there. Like, God just put me there. Everything happens for a reason, right? Sure, sure. And so I got there. I was like, all right, now I got to deal with it. Well, when I got there, I had no clients, so <laughs> yeah. then I had to start all over again. So I yep. learned a lot about that. It's not high school. You're not there for four years, you know, getting relationships with people. So yeah. you're dealing with people you don't know. Yeah. How do you have a market effect there? Mm-hmm. How do you get cold buyers? Yep. How do you do that thing? And so then I learned, I, was, I printed like 100 flyers. I was going and putting them all over like Guadalupe Street, yeah. all this handing them out, like doing different things. Yeah. So I, I learned, I learned a lot about people mm-hmm. and like understanding people.
1: Switching gears a little bit, you talked about all the knowledge that you're gaining when you're going out to California every week, every mm-hmm. month. You talk about you know, FC, SEO, web design, things of that nature. Uh, one of the things that you've talked about is kind of getting your clients at the top of the list mm-hmm. on, on, on Google uh, Search and things like that. Talk to me a little bit about the importance of being at the top of Google Search and talk to me, without giving too many secrets away, about how you're helping your clients yeah. get to the top of the Google Search.
0: Yeah, so whenever I got brought down to Great Lake Media, I became a partner, yep. and so I started my own brand. Um, originally uh, it's called the social circle group yep. I originally started focusing like with bars and clubs and restaurants mm-hmm. and I you know was working for free actually once wow. again sort of to like really generate my own portfolio and like take the knowledge that I had yep. yep that I knew I had and then actually implementing it and seeing how like people reacted to it mm-hmm. um, how other agencies do and it was like a lot of research and so I created that and so I really started focusing on like app development and web development at first, okay. um, and then then I started moving into like paid advertising and then SEO. And when it comes to ranking for people on the Google search engine, it, it's 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 really cool when you think about it. So what happens is on a web page you have on-page SEO and off-page SEO. When yeah. you do on-page SEO, it's you know about the high intent keywords that you're you're targeting on the page in terms of what's actually on the page, yeah. the content that's on the page. Google actually pays attention to how long people are actually on your website. Sure. Um, different things that they do on their website, and they what happens is you build some type of credibility
1: uh-huh, uh-huh. in
0: Google's algorithm. They're like, okay, people engage with this site for a long periods of time and actually take action here. Yep. Um, you know, you set up your Google Analytics tracking, and the tr- that that tracking tracks all that information. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So what happens is with an SEO strategy, you can have those on, that on-page SEO, and then you can have off-page SEO, and then off-page SEO is actually people linking to your site and referring to you as a source. So those blogs that you'll see about different things, Mm -hmm. such as ESPN has a blog on there where they have articles that people write about it, or Forbes. This is why PR is so important. They have high credibility already on Google Mm because they're a nationwide, worldwide media outlet. And so what happens is if they're referring to you and referring to your site, that Mm -hmm. means that You're a credible source in like Google's eyes and like the public's eyes. So what happens is, as soon as they like link you in one of their posts, Mm -hmm. it increases your brand, your domain authority um, for your site or your business that you have, which tells Google, okay, whatever keyword that these people are talking about or whatever topic that these people are talking about in the blog, Mm -hmm. resonates very heavy with this domain, this Mm -hmm. business. And what happens is it'll actually rank you higher and higher and higher. Yep. Um, and then you have your blog post. And your blog post that you write, you know, you target different keywords that are like long-tail keywords and short-tail keywords yep, yep. that will drive volume that, you know, what we call like easy wins. Yeah, yeah. Will drive volume, even though they don't have enough, that much volume in terms of like, how many people are actually searching for those terms. You input so many Easy win keywords yeah. that 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 volume then combines, mm-hmm. and it raises the authority for you to actually rank for those uh, higher intent keywords that other people have been ranking for for years that might have a high level of difficulty. Yeah. Um. And so then that's kind of how like we help businesses you know rank to the top of Google. Yeah. Um. I mean, it takes a little like, bit of a
1: science. <laughs> yeah.
0: It take, yeah. It's really cool. But it's yeah. really cool whenever it comes down to it. And it's like yeah. you kind of keep your clients forever because mm-hmm. once you even get to that point. They're on the first page. You have to always update those blog posts that you put in the past yep. and before, because otherwise you'll start to lose your ranking as new content comes out. Gotcha. Um, UI, UX changes uh, throughout yeah. the site, so it's like something that can go hand in hand with websites. Yeah. You know, you got to be able to drive traffic to your website
1: mm-hmm.
0: to you know generate more business. A lot of people think like, I just need a website, yeah. just to have a website, and I was like, no, you your website you. needs to be an asset. Yep. yep. asset it needs to be an asset that generates you income yep. on a recurring basis without you having to really put a finger on it. Sure. Not just for someone that you meet in a cold, a cold audience mm-hmm. that you just funnel them to your website yeah. just based off of like you speaking or you sending them the link. Yeah. You gotta, the whole point of the website is to drive internet traffic that you might not have yep. to your business, then qualify them with your website mm-hmm. and then nurture them through your website to then bring them in as a client yeah. and do business with them.
1: Yeah, That's the ultimate goal is to, exactly. to do business with them. So you talked about you know being the iPhone doctor, you talked about being a partner uh, in multiple businesses. You got Contractors Creative, you got Social Circle, a lot of things in the tech and kind of a digital space. What is it to be an entrepreneur and a businessman, a black entrepreneur, a black businessman in that tech entrepreneurial space?
0: yeah i mean it's great honestly like i see like people grow like even growing up even now like you have people are doing all sorts of different things and some people like don't necessarily have the confidence to do other things yeah um so like i might not say directly but my whole goal with like being an entrepreneur and where i'm at isn't necessarily just for me, it's for people around me to influence them to be better for themselves. Absolutely. So <clears throat> being a business owner, you're a leader. Yeah. So I look at myself as a leader to kind of set the example or the expectation. You don't have to be a robot when you do business. You yeah. can be friendly, you can- You're still a human. Yeah, you're still a human, you can live <laughs> yeah. life, you can do things that are like kind of different. Yeah. And it's like, okay, and like, not to let the color of your skin or the way other people perceive you be the reason why you don't chase your dreams or your goals.
1: Yeah.
0: You get, people only understand what they know. Yep. When you show them different, then that's, that's exact, then different becomes their norm. Yeah. And some people don't understand it right off the bat, but later on they will. And so you gotta understand that like, you're gonna have to be your own supporter Mm -hmm. sometimes Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to come from family it doesn't have to come from friends you got to be your own supporter you have to have self-confidence in yourself first before anyone's gonna have confidence in you and if you do have someone that has confidence in you yeah that's great yeah a lot of people (laughs) don't have that yeah but either way it's only gonna take you so far because if you don't have the confidence in yourself or trust in yourself yeah then Ultimately, you're going to stay stagnant.
1: Well, let me ask you this. As as an entrepreneur, you talked about being in school, starting this stuff in high school. What advice do you give to that high school student or that college student to get the confidence to go out there and start their own thing?
0: Yeah, one of, my, one of my biggest advice that I always say is if you have a hobby, if you have a hobby, something that you like to do, figure out how to monetize it. That's the best way to get started when having a business. Yeah. I talk about all these businesses I started. The first business... Biz- <laughs> I didn't even know it was a business, but it was just a way to make money. I started customizing Roshis. Okay. <laughs> and I, I taught myself how to, like, actually customize Roshis. So I'll go to Joann's, get the, get the fabric, and I'll, like, put the USA flag on there, or, like, Hot Wheels. And then I'll sell them on eBay. And yeah. then people will buy them at a premium. And it was, like, a hobby for me because, like, I was a very arts and craft guy. I was, like, a creative guy yeah. uh, back then. And so I would do that. I you know try to get in shoes. I really like shoes. Try to get in shoes. Didn't really succeed in shoes. Yeah. But like it was a cool learning experience. But like there's so many different ways to make money, and like people don't realize that. Like I I know a guy that makes you know a lot of money for installing like sprinklers. Yeah. Uh, you know uh, you know you know sprinklers. Yeah. And then also I I know some people that you know make a lot of money just from speaking. Yep. Uh, ASMR uh, people that you know you know coach basketball, mm-hmm. make money, or write music, different things like that. There's so many different ways to make, there's people, I know someone that makes a lot of money off like developing the caps for water bottles. Yeah, There's so many different ways to make money in this world, Yeah, and there's so many talents that people have, or there's so many skills that people can learn, but they have to be able to take initiative and actually take the time to learn it. Yep. Um, you can't, like, I feel like if more people really took the time to learn it and then actually like look at themselves from a different perspective,
1: uh-huh.
0: and a more positive perspective, they'd be able to do a lot more. And so that is like probably my biggest advice. And whenever this whole journey of like having confidence in yourself and different things like that, that's all a mental health journey. Yeah. And so you got to take the first step to better your mental health first before anything, yeah. because if because if you don't have that. It's gonna, it's gonna hold you back. Yeah. And I was like, and I'm a big advocate for mental health. Yeah. So I think it's very important to always try to stay positive, always try to stay calm. Yeah. Find a solution, but if the solution's not there, take a step back, take a deep breath, mm-hmm. and whatever's coming, let it come,
1: yeah.
0: and then figure out right. how to deal with it then, but in the most positive way possible.
1: Got you. So you talked about a lot of things. You talked about mental health. You talked about, you know, staying calm. You talked about buyer psychology, uh, having courage, taking initiative. Uh, this is called the Secrets to Silent Success podcast. So what is Dennis's, the iPhone doctor's, <laughs> secret to success?
0: I would say my secret to success is really understanding that everyone has value.
1: Hmm.
0: There's... Everyone is different in their own ways. And so whenever I go into a relationship or meeting someone, I never go with the intent to get something from them. I usually go in with a more genuine approach. They're like, okay, this person might seem cool. You know, let me give them a shot. Like, you know? And so it isn't, it, I think that the fact that I am able to, you know, go with that intent and go with like such a genuine intent whenever I meet someone allows me to actually excel maybe faster than a lot of people cause society has, society and social media has really warped a lot of people's heads to only talk to a specific person because of a specific status or what someone else says about them. But me personally, I, I could care less. And so I, I know that everyone's different. I know that we all have different incomes. We all have different, you know, we have different perspectives on the way of life, mm-hmm. but I also know what my perspective is and like where I come into play and my value. And so, understanding that and be able to talk to anyone and be able to like really, you know, comp- comprehend with people are on like a emotional, a emotional level allows me to be successful. And it isn't the money I make; it isn't the businesses that I run. I think, I think that is the strongest characteristic that I have. Yeah. And like even then, like my business partner and contractor's creative, mm-hmm. we met through Snapchat. <laughs> wow. I didn't even know the guy. <clears throat> he went to my high school, he was a couple years older than me, yeah. and he just started Snapchatting me. And like, I respond to almost every DM and every Snapchat that I have, any text that I have. I don't care who you are.
1: Yeah.
0: And I respond to him. He was asking questions about business, different things like that, and I respond to him. A lot of guys I know won't even bat an eye. Sure. And even though I am busy doing my own things, I still take the time out of people that are curious, that, wanted, that want to learn more. Yep. And <clears throat> for him, Nick, genius, genius. <laughs> he was one of those guys that like, you know, he, he, I could tell he supported me, yeah. and then I could also tell he was smart by the questions that he was asking. And so he had came to me, and goes, Hey, like I know you have a marketing agency. Would you like to add this to your business? We can work with contractors and they'll generate leads for our business. And I was like, no way. So we got on, we got on a Zoom and he showed me. And I was like, I was like, oh, this is this is cool. I was yeah. like, <clears throat> the one thing about me is I always hold my word. So I told him, I was like, yo, if we get a client, I'm getting us an office. Yeah. And I was like, let's do it. Let's see how it goes. We got a client. The guy got results, like within the first eight days or 16 days, closed like eight roofs, which is like eight grand in revenue. And I was like, oh, like this is something. Mm -hmm. And so literally as soon as that happened, I think I was traveling at the time, came back, we got office. The rest is history. Um, One thing that we learned was systems and SOPs, Mm -hmm. which was like insane. And he's an operations guy. Probably one of, probably the best I know. I've never met anyone better than him at operations and we learned systems and how to actually delegate tasks mm-hmm. and like checks and balances within the business to be able to scale a business to seven and eight figures. Yeah. And so like that is one of the attributes that we've learned over this journey of building Contractors Creative. And I've been able to implement it in all my other businesses where I was lacking because for so long I was so used to doing everything. Mm-hmm. Now I realized my true role as being a business owner <clears throat> is to create a solution to provide it to the public but then also build a team around it so I could be so we could all work together collectively as a group. Yep. And so that is like the biggest take that I've learned because even but the crazy part is I didn't realize I was doing that before. hmm like in high school I had I didn't have a car, but yeah. I still went to 40 different cities. Yeah. And so I would pay this girl Sydney, who's like still one of my best friends, 10, 15, 20 dollars to go and either pick up a part if I had too much on my plate, was yeah. doing too many repairs, one after one after one, take me to go fix a phone or to go sell a phone or something like that and i would pay her per job. Yeah. And then that was me really delegating out tasks. Mm-hmm. Maybe not on the W-2, but more like a 1099 contractor. Yeah. <laughs> and so when we, when we learned about building systems, and like a book that I would definitely recommend reading is Traction. Okay. Nick, Nick read it. I didn't really read it. I'm yeah, not yeah. the craziest guy on books. I watch YouTube videos. That's all I do all day. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, and I like learn that way. I'm a visual learner like that. But the art of building systems to be, be able to really delegate tasks and like, you know, scale something out is the most important part of business. And so it's allowed us to like really kind of start companies. Like mm-hmm. now we understand, we learn the skill and we implement it. And we build off of it. Um, and so that really changed the game for us. And that's like, I felt like that was one of the, mi- the missing pieces of the puzzle. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, cool. But that's all we got, man. Appreciate you. This was fun. We should do it again sometime, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, build with everything.